Today's going to be a beautiful morning as we give today in our uh, legacy offering. How many of you are prepared and ready to go for legacy offering 2023? Come on. If you're a guest with us today, um, just so you know, there's about five weeks of work we've been doing. Um, this is the fifth week. And so please, I hope you can just sit back and engage today and just hear the heart of what's happening around here. And then I would encourage you to go back onto our YouTube. You can find all the messages uh, from the past couple weeks to kind of get caught up as to what's happening around here today. But here's the moment uh, that we get to put it in the dirt as a church. And so I wanna take you to a piece of scripture today. Um, John chapter 12, verse 23 to 26 is gonna be what sets us up today. And, uh, and I love this scripture. Jesus speaking says this, that the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Verse 24, truly I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, every shout dies, it remains by itself. But if it dies, it produces much fruit. The one who loves his life will lose it, and the one who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. Where I am, there my servant will also be. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. In Jesus' name. Today, as we close out our series, Put It in the Dirt, I want to speak to you from this subject today. If you're writing notes, write this down on your paper. Paper, I want to speak this to you. Lima beans and the miracle of a seed. Lima beans and the miracle of a seed. As we look at what must happen to a seed as we prepare for today's legacy offering. Oh, Jesus, we worship you right now. God, we give you glory. God, as your word is taught today and proclaimed today, I pray that you would move me out of the way. No one needs Jason Parrish's voice. We need your word. God, I pray today that your word would fall upon soft hearts, open minds. God, that the seed of your word would take root today. God, we give you this space right now to move how you see fit to move. God, as we give today in our legacy offering, I pray that you would do exceedingly and abundantly above what we could ever ask, hope, or imagine in Jesus' name. God, as some of us sow with great faith and expectation right now, God, as some of us sacrificially give to the point of it's hurting, God, I thank you that you are producing a harvest of righteousness like we've never seen before. In Jesus' mighty name, come on, and everybody shouted, amen, amen. Come on, can we give... Show of hands, how many of you hate science like I do? Okay. How many did I just offend because you love science? Throw your hand up right now. Okay, cool. Uh, I was not a science person at all. Uh, it was not the class that I looked forward to. So uh, when I was in high school specifically in order to graduate, I did everything in my power to figure out what classes I could take in order to get a science credit but not do science. Come on, somebody. And, uh, and so uh, I did some looking around and was trying to figure things out. And so I found myself in a science class that I got science credit for. Um, and it was, it was called agriculture. 
That was, the, that was the science class that I took was agriculture. And by default in being in that science class, I was a part of the Future Farmers of America, FFA. Come on, somebody. Let's go. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? FFA. Okay. Yeah. Man, what are we talking about here? So I was in that class, and I remember doing weird things. Like people were decide, like they were in science classes. I remember talking to a friend, and they're dissecting frogs. Nope, not FFA. No, we butchered chickens. People were going to, to, on field trips to go to different places where, where science was happening, and they would visit colleges and biology departments. No, not us. Not an FFA. No, you went to someone's farm and castrated a pig. That's what I did. That was my science. So I remember way back in the day, though, not Future Farmers of America, but one of the other science projects that I did as a, as a kid was, I don't know if you guys remember this. Do you remember uh, putting a lima bean in a styrofoam cup? How many of you have done that before? Show of hands. How many of you did it last week? Because it's just fun. All right. <laughs> How many lima beans are going to happen this week alone, right? And so I remember uh, putting a lima bean as a kid inside a styrofoam cup. We'd pack it with dirt, and then we, we threw some water on it. And then I remember sticking that. And you guys remember this? And you stuck it in your window seal? Do you guys remember that? How many of you remember the anticipation you had every single morning getting up to see if your bean had sprouted? And then how many of you, your entire day was altered in disappointment because the bean hadn't sprouted yet? Come on, like, uh, like me, I'm, I'm a guy who like, I don't ha like, I want things to happen pretty quick. It's my, it's my nature. Like, it's really hard for me to be tactical in certain ways. I just want to sit like, let's go. And so I'd wake up every single day. I remember waking up and, I'd, and, and no bean sprout. <sighs> Next day, no bean sprout. Next, and I complained to my mom, like, when's the bean going to sprout? I remember talking to my teacher, and they would tell, then they would teach us lessons on patience. <laughs> I was like, no, I don't need patience. I need my bean to sprout. And I didn't really care. There was nothing that was going to happen. It was just a lima bean sprouting. But do you remember that one day that you went down to check it out, and you looked in the, wheel, uh, in the window seal, and it was like, boop, little tiny. How, how many of you guys remember that? Just a little tiny root was shooting out. And all of a sudden, everything that you learned in science, all the things that they talk about, the miracle of a seed was taking place. You know, what's interesting is that Jesus uses the analogy of a seed being planted for a little context first. So we're, so we're true to scripture to speak about himself. That's what we first read. His purpose and the impending reality of his death, burial, and resurrection, which we begin the march to Easter next weekend. It's going to be a beautiful, beautiful time around here. But second, we see a transferable principle being taught about the life and purpose of all seeds, both naturally and spiritually. You know, throughout this series, we've taken an in-depth look at seeds, what the Bible says about them and what they mean for our life and, and, and faith, and in this series, our generosity. We've discovered that seeds are essential to the life of faith. And we've looked at what the idea of seeds means for us now as we prepare for this year's legacy offering. What a powerful moment we've already had in our first service today. As both auditoriums sacrificially and with faith gave today. It's going to happen today as well in both of our rooms as we get ready to give. 
So in a very pointed statement, Jesus addresses what must happen to a seed for it to do what it was meant to do and to produce what it was meant to produce. And that's what I want to take a look at today, church. I want to look at what we learn from the Bible about a seed and how it applies to our life naturally, spiritually, and practically this morning as we prepare for this year's legacy offering. And so what I want to do today is I want to look at the four phases uh, in the life of a seed. And you're going to notice here over the next few minutes, you're going to notice that the verses that we've covered throughout this series are going to be very prevalent in this message today, which brings it to a culmination the past five weeks of study. So I need everybody's help today. Auditorium one, auditorium two, come on, every shout number one. Here's the first thing that we, we need to grab a hold of. There must be the sowing of a seed. The first phase of a seed's life, come on somebody, is the sowing of a seed. Matthew chapter 13, verses 1 to 3 says this. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea, and great crowds gathered about him, so that he got into the boat and sat down. And the whole crowd stood on the beach. How many of you think we should just do church on the beach for now, like Jesus did? Okay. I just wanted to see. Yeah. Oh. Praise the Lord. So the whole crowd stood on the beach, verse 3. And he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow. Come on, someone shout sow. sow. Someone shout sow. sow. See, the parable that Jesus then would launch into and continue with, the parable actually can't find itself, can't be what the parable was supposed to be without the main character of that par parable, starting it with sowing. Okay. Because at the end of the day, the parable wouldn't have its principle if the sower didn't start the thing by first sowing. Let me, let me put it this way. A seed has the opportunity to be a seed only if it is sown. Come on, how many of you agree with me? A seed can only be a seed if it is sown. There's another way to put it, maybe more, maybe more succinct and very pointed at some of us. A kept seed is a purposeless seed. A kept seed is a purposeless, a purposeless seed. I was uh, wandering through a uh, grocery store this week, uh, picking up some things, and I went down and grabbed Erica some flowers uh, because she wasn't feeling the best. And no, <laughs> I had to tell you that not to get an awe. It, it goes with the rest of the story. Um, just, just so we know. Although points, babe. Um, <laughs> So I'm wandering down this aisle to, to get her some flowers, and in the same aisle, I saw some packages of seeds. And this is what I thought to myself, since we've been talking about seeds for the past five weeks around here, this is what popped up in my mind. This is the four-year-old that's in me, okay? But it popped up in my mind, I thought to myself, man, I feel so bad for these seeds. <laughs> what a boring life these seeds have right now. And I started to entertain myself in the flower aisle. Why? Because I was, I was disheartened that a seed was still on the shelf. Because how many of you would want to, if you were a seed, you would want to stay in a packet on the shelf? No. Why? Because seeds are meant to be sown. And I found myself weeping in that aisle. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just having an existential crisis over seeds not being sown. <laughs> See, a, a, a kept seed is a purposeless seed. Our legacy offering is about sowers as much as it's about seeds. 
This was Paul's greatest point as he spoke to his church in Corinth. We highlighted this last week in, in the message. 2 Corinthians 9, 6-7 says this. The point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he's decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. See, this really affects how we approach any moment where we are being called to sow something. Again, that doesn't mean just finance. It has to do with anything that is in our hands or life that requires us to let go of it. Right now, I am, I am taking care of some seeds, all three of them sitting on the front row today. But guess what? Those seeds are going to eventually have to be sown into the world that we live in. As much as it scares me, as much as it frightens me, as much as I don't want to do it, I don't want them to be little seeds sitting in a package, never going out and doing what they're supposed to be doing. So they've got to be sown. That's why the Bible says train a child in the way that they should go so they don't depart from it. Why? Because at a certain moment, I have to let these seeds go. Come on, how many of you are with me today? And so the truth is, is that many of us have been given seed. The problem is, is that the seed can't be what the seed is supposed to be unless that seed is sown. Sown. There's dirt in here, guys. <laughs> but many of us want to hold on to it. How many of you agree with me? Some seeds are easier sown than other seeds. So this is the fundamental issue that we face as humans, our propensity to hold on to things, the seeds that have been given to us by God to sow. See, here's the point. God's kingdom is a kingdom of seeds and sowing. Yeah. It's a symbiotic relationship. Look at what Paul writes concerning this issue in 1 Corinthians 3, 5 through 8. It says this, what then is Apollos? This is Paul writing. And listen to the words that he used. Look, look at the words he uses. What then? Every shout, what? what? Notice that he doesn't say who then. This is important to notice because Paul is not making commentary on one's identity. He's making commentary on what one does. So what then is Apollos? What then is Paul? Talking about himself. Look what he says. They are servants through whom you believed, and each has the role that the Lord has given. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So then neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. Let me say that one more time, just so we all hear it. So then neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. Neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God gives the growth. The one who plants and the one who waters isn't anything, but it is God only who gives the growth. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are God's co-workers, you are God's field, God's building. Paul says that one plants, action word, and one waters, action word, but it is God who gives the increase. See, this is an important note because for a lot of us, we're working hard to make our lima brain sprout when it's only God who does it. We're working overtime. We're squeezing as hard as we can, hoping for increase. We're, we're like, come on, Lima B. Come on, little Lima B. Come on, promotion. Keep on going, promotion. Come on, relationship. Come on. <laughs> the reason that some of us are exhausted is we're trying to do something that we are not 
in charge of. We're taking authority over something we have no authority over. You sow in water, sow in water, sow in water. Here's the thing. I have no authority over them as to what increases. I can only sow in water. Come on, auditorium two, are you with me today? Let's go. This is, vi- this is vitally important for us to realize. So our job is to sow in water. Just seed. Just spread the seed everywhere. And that's our job. That's the only authority we have. And the problem is, is that many of us have tried to step into an authoritative space that is not ours to exist in. And so the first thing that we've got to realize about the, the, the phase, the life phases of seeds is that there must be the sowing of a seed. Everybody shout number two. Here's the second thing. A seed must yield for the process of germination. A seed must yield for the process of germination. That's why Jesus says in verse 24, he says, the hour has come for the son of man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and Dies. Someone shout dies. dies. Turn to your neighbor and say dies. dies. Turn back to them and say that was inappropriate. Don't talk to me that way again. <laughs> Listen to the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, 36. He says this, but someone will ask, how are the dead raised? With what kind of body do they come? Verse 36, I love this. You foolish person. Paul is savage. How many of you like to start out statements like that, right? You get canceled now. You foolish person. Um, what you sow, listen to what he says. What you sow, everybody shout sow. What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. This moment, Paul's letter is actually a play on words that Jesus just spoke. In this piece of scripture that we just read in John chapter 12. The point is, is that a seed must, a seed must yield itself. It's got to die. One theologian put it this way. The grain of wheat must fall into the ground and die that it may produce fruit. Even so, eternal life for the many comes through the sacrifice of the one. And the same providential law is applicable to each individual believer. He must disown the imperious authority of his selfish ego if he is to live the life of an integrated person. He must abandon ruthlessly a self-centered existence lived in conformity to the standards of the world if the higher element in him is to be preserved unto eternal life. This he cannot do by himself. He must have an example to follow. Jesus is that example. By looking to him, a life of service to him is made possible. And that life of service constitutes the dying in order to live, which is the theme of Jesus' teaching in this passage. What a beautiful statement. The Bible Exposition Commentary comments like this. It says, if we are looking for comfortable lives, then we will protect our plans and desires. We will save our lives and never be planted. But if we yield our lives and let God plant us, we will never be alone, but we will have the joy of being fruitful to the glory of God. And then they go on to say this. If a seed could talk, it would no doubt complain about being put into the cold, dark earth, but the only way it can achieve its goal is by being planted. Come on, have you ever felt that way before? Have you felt like, man, it's cold and dark right now. 
You ever felt that way at your job? It's cold and dark right now. I don't know why God is putting me here. But come on, I just need to let somebody know today that God has taken you like a seed and he's put you exactly where you need to be. And it might feel cold and it might feel dark and it may not be where you want to be, but we've got to trust the one who's sowing seeds. But a seed's got to yield. How many of you would agree with me? Many times in our life we kick against what God's trying to do in us because we refuse to yield. I wrestle with my my son. He's getting taller and and bigger. And I still let him know who's the man of the household. (laughs) And so last night we were wrestling just before bed. And we were like, I hugged him. And then I like jammed my fingers into his ribs as hard as I could. And so this little dude, instead of backing away, which I was hoping and thought he was going to do, he came back at me. (laughs) Right? And so we were going, we were going back and forth. And I was like, all right, I've got more to lose than you do. So I went harder. (laughs) And I, I poked him until he yielded. Right? Some of you are like, that's horrible. <laughs> I'm raising a man. <laughs> right? See, as a father, sometimes I'm teaching him th- things by getting him to yield. That's how God teaches us things sometimes. As he, he, he wait, are you going to yield or, or not? Like, how long are you going to do life like this? Instead of, okay, I'm yield. Some of us, listen, some of us need to yield right now to God. I'm not, like, I'm not even talking about legacy offering for a second. Some of us are just running so hard away from him, but you're expecting him to do something that he's not going to do until you yield like a seed and get put in the dirt and die to yourself. Come on, am I talking to anybody today in church? Well, why is this so significant? Well, There's another reason this is significant is because we have a tendency to believe that our seed is fruit rather than a seed. See, if you see your seed as fruit, you will never plant your seed. And this is really big when it comes to our finance and resource, right? Because a lot of us view our money, our stuff, and our things, we see it as fruit instead of a seed. And as long as you see your resource and finance and money as fruit, then of course... It's my fruit. I got my, how many of you know what I'm talking about? And I hold on, and I, and I get up every day to work to get some more fruit because it's, it's my fruit versus seeing my resource as seed because you do different things with it. Because how many of you know, you might look at somebody sideways if you saw them out in a garden planting an apple. <laughs> like, bro, have you heard of seed? But that's how many of us treat the stuff that God has given us. The reason that money is such an issue with this is because we have a tendency to primarily see it as fruit instead of seed. And we hold it. But when we see it as seed, we live hoping handedly with it. As the main point of a seed is to be planted, yield, and die. Interesting point in biblical times. Check this out. Land, like plots of land that people would buy... They measured the land by the amount of seed that could be cast upon it, not the amount of fruit that they thought could be born by it. 
I think that's an interesting point because it tells us how people measured things. They actually saw more purpose in the seed and the seed that could be reproduced so they could scatter more than the fruit that they would ever eat of that land. How much seed can I scatter upon it? Now, this is why Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 9, 10 through 11, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply, look it, your fruit. Nope. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will multiply and, and, and your what? Seed. Oh, come on, you can do better than that. He will multiply your what? Seed. For what? Sowing. He doesn't multiply your fruit for sowing, he multiplies your seed for sowing. See, many people falsely believe that God's promise is to give them fruit for keeping, but rather God's promise is to give a seed for sowing. God's promise has always been multiplying seed for sowing. See, we want him to multiply my fruit, but God says, no, I'm going to multiply your seed. We want him to multiply what it is that we want to hold on to when he says, no, I'm going to multiply what it is that I've called you to let go of. That's the difference. And many of us, this is where we get stuck. This is why we get locked into things is because we inherently believe everything's meant for us to hold on to. Oh, come on, it's getting quiet in church today. But when I see it as seed, I have no problem planting and allowing it to die. Number three, Michelle, number three. Here's the third thing. A seed needs good soil. Come on, somebody. Come on, a seed needs good soil. Mark chapter 4, 26 through to 28. Jesus, and he said, the kingdom of God is if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. See, this is so important for us to understand because many of us need to realize the relationship between seed and soil. I want to say this very pointedly. Hear this today, okay? Seeds carry the design, but soil determines the development. Yep. Seed carries the design, but soil determines the development. How many of you have ever tried to plant something in your side in your backyard, and you were frustrated because the seed that you planted after you did some research, the soil had to be a certain type of soil in order for that seed to germinate, take root, and grow into what it's supposed to be. Right? Because you're like, I didn't want 9,000 zucchinis. Come on. Or how many, like, how many steroid-induced zucchinis? How many of you have seen those, right? I remember so many times people would bring us over zucchinis. Stop it. Nobody wants that much zucchini, right? And I thought to myself, interesting, you have this much zucchini because, the, <laughs> because you couldn't grow anything else. <laughs> Come on, how many of you know what I'm talking about? Right? It happens every summer. Everybody, everybody's, you want some zucchini? I can see people twitching when they come into church. <laughs> There's only certain things you can do with that stuff. Why would happen? Well, the, the soil, man, it can grow things like that, maybe tomatoes, but how many of you know when you're trying to grow something a little bit more intricate, it takes a different type of soil? 
I started to realize as I asked questions, like just out of sheer curiosity, I went, whoa, wait a second. So to grow certain flowers and to grow certain plants and to grow certain vegetables and to grow certain fruits, you have to have a different type of soil. You can't just throw seed on the ground and hope something happens. They're like, no, you've got to be very aware of what's happening in the soil just as much as you have to be aware of the seed that's being planted in it. And here's the problem that some of us are facing right now. We are scattering too much good seed on bad soil. Come on, singles. Y'all thought we were talking about resource today. Nah, nah. Talked to a lot of people. They're like, can we get a, like a singles ministry around here? Can we do stuff like that? This is your singles ministry. Why? Because there's good soil. Right? But how often is a single person like, I got this seed. Stay with me. It's my emotional seed. It's my faith seed. It's my identity seed. Right? And you stroll up into the club. And you're like, oh, there's some soil. works. We're going to do it again. Well, nothing happened on Friday. Saturday! (laughs) And then you have the gall and the audacity to get mad at God. You promised me. No, 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 wait a second. I had some promises for you, for sure. But you were in charge of the seed. One sows, one waters. I give the increase. And you're trying to get me to increase something that I can't increase because it's been placed in the wrong soil. Oh, we're going to take this further, church. Let's go. What, What would it look like if my identity, my emotional well-being, my health... Oh, that's where it's at, right? And then, boom, fruit popping everywhere in my life. <laughs> if your seed is cast upon improper soil, it will not, it will not grow. It won't grow. So we've got to pay attention to the soil. I will say this, as we've journeyed these past five weeks through this series, I hope you see that this place is a good soil. What God is doing here, it's good soil. Is it perfect? No. Come on, how many of you know there's rocks in everybody's garden? we're We're constantly playing in the dirt to try to remove the things that need to be removed and work through the things that we need to work. But come on, did you know last year, we saw almost a thousand people say yes to Jesus last year here. Gave away over a thousand Bibles, missionaries sent out, people helped, Bibles given. Come on, somebody. Disciples made, churches planted. This is good soil. Number four, every shot, number four. Come on, every shot, number four. 
Last one, and then I'm going to invite the team up. Here's the last phase to a seed's life, is that a seed must be harvested. Mark 4, 26 through 29 says this, And he said, The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself. The earth produces by itself. This is soil. It produces first the, the blade, then the ear, and then the full grain in the ear. But then when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. Someone shout harvest. harvest. The harvest has come. Matthew chapter 9 35 through to 38. This is, this is a tough scripture because there's great vision associated, but great indictment associated with it as well. Watch what Jesus said. And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them. Because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful. We love that point, don't we? The harvest is plentiful. But then listen to what he says right after. The laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest, the Lord of the increase. Come on, y'all with me still? Pray to the one who does these things. Pray to him to send out laborers into his harvest. This piece of scripture has fascinated me as I've studied the Bible and scripture because I've asked myself this question before. If the harvest is plentiful, why are there so few laborers? If it's ready, why, why, why do we not have the people to, to, to engage in it? I wonder if sometimes we don't head out into the field to collect the harvest because the field doesn't represent our preference. Well, God, don't you know, like, man, I, use me, God, between the hours of two and 250? Because my show's coming on. Because <laughs> I've got that sports thing I gotta go do. I've always been fascinated by it. The harvest is right. Because the seeds that have been sown for generations. There's a harvest right now. Can I, can I say this uh, as your pastor today? You know, much of what's happening around here at the well, it's not us. Oh, there, there, there are men and women of faith who have been sowing in this ground known as Utah for generations. Oh, come on, somebody needs to hear me right now and lean into this today. What we're seeing right now in this place they longed to see and knew that they would never see it. What they did was plant seed. Oh, just... 
I sit back just just so anyone like wonders where my heart my heart and head are at sometimes with this. I, we don't we don't we look at what's happening here at the well, and I think about all the people for generations who have sown in tears. That they, they believe that this state, this valley, this place would would have churches that are that are vibrant and life giving and, and, and gospel teaching. God, what it would look like to to have people in missions outposts all over the world, and and, and people dreamed and planned and desired and prayed that people in Iran would be disciples. Oh, come on, somebody! There are dreams taking place right now, coming to fruition. That were just seeds then, but the question is, is are we able to be the people that go out into the field and harvest? We sow natural seed that produces a supernatural harvest. Today as we give in our legacy offering this year, we're sowing natural seed and we're believing God for a supernatural harvest. Come on somebody. That what we sow today as Bibles go out and curriculum goes out and churches are planted. Come on, I'm thinking about the guy that I don't even know yet. That, that couple, that family, that team, that, that, that they're moving from Sheboygan to <laughs> Atlanta with a dream in their heart to plant a church. Or, 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 that, or that couple and that team that decided, man, we're going to step out and we're going to we're go to the East Coast and we're going to plant in Boston, one of the hardest places to plant a church. But that, that little church in Sandy, Utah, on the 19th of March decided they were going to put it in the dirt. And because of what we did here, people's lives were changed there. Oh, some of you don't get it yet, that the fact that what we do today changes lives that we will never see and we will never know. Oh, come on, somebody's going to wander through that door in a couple weeks and they're going to say yes to Jesus and a generation will be altered because of what happens here Oh, come on, everybody, stand to your feet. We're going to give. Auditorium 2, come on, stand to our feet right now. So today when we give, let's do it with faith. You're not planting fruit. You're planting seed. Seed that we may never see the harvest of. But all the same, someone will until Jesus comes back. His kingdom is like a mustard seed that when sown grows and matures, welcomes the birds of the air to find rest in its shade. In Jesus' name. Today, if you came prepared to give or there's envelopes in the sea back in front of you, if today you're doing push pay, I'd still like you if you just do us a massive favor and so that you can have this moment that we're about to have together. Just on your envelope right here, just put push pay and the amount because we'd love for you, and it's you and your spouse, you and your family, to still have this opportunity to put it in the dirt. Right up here, we've got some shovels and we've got some rakes, some dirt in here. And we just want you to have an experience where you can come in here and put it in the dirt. And for those of you who are comedians, please don't bury it all the way. <laughs> I know who you are. Leave it up so our team can make sure that they grab it after service. But here's what we're going to do. We're going to just bring the lights down a little bit. And when you're ready, 
as the team worships and prays, both auditoriums today, when you're ready, get out of your seat, come up here. We're gonna have our, our prayer team. I'm gonna invite them to the front right now. Those of you who are on that prayer team. And as people, as you come, our team's just here to lay hands on you, your gift, as we pray and believe for miracles in this moment. And so come on, let's worship. Let's take our gifts today. I wanna pray over them and then go ahead and make your way up here whenever you're ready to do so. Father, I thank you for what we are about to do in this moment. God, this is a willing sacrifice of praise unto you. We give today not to get, but we give today to plant seeds for generations to come, that the birds of the air might nest and, and find a home, God. And so I thank you for what it is that you're doing in this place right now. I thank you for the faith in the room. I thank you for the joy in the room. I thank you for the expectation in the room. And I thank you for the miracles that we've yet to see. God, we're sowing and watering, and we trust you with the increase. In Jesus' mighty name, come on, and everybody said... Amen. When you're ready, go ahead, get out of your seat. You can come give. Your cross, my freedom, your stripes, my healing, all praise, King Jesus. Glory to God in heaven, your blood still speaking, your love still reaching, all praise, King Jesus. To God forever, your cross, my freedom, your stripes, my healing, all praise, King Jesus. Glory to God, heaven, your blood still speaking, your love still reaching, all praise, King Jesus. To God forever, your cross, my freedom, your stripes, my healing, all praise, King Jesus. Glory to God in heaven, your blood still speaking, your love still reaching, all praise, King Jesus. Glory to God. Your cross, my freedom, your stripes, my healing, all praise, King Jesus. Glory to God in heaven, your blood still speaking, your love still reaching, all praise, King Jesus. Glory to God
people that are still giving. Everybody, we're not dismissed quite yet, so both rooms, please stay. I know some people jumped out, but we're just going to keep worshiping for a moment. So come on, let's sing it out today, church. Your cross, my freedom, your stripes, Jesus. my healing, all praise, King Jesus, glory to God in heaven, your blood still speaking your love still reaching all praise king jesus glory to god forever your cross my freedom your stripes my healing all praise king jesus glory to god in heaven come on let's lift our hands to heaven still speaking your love still reaching all praise king jesus glory to god forever jesus we thank you right now that you're working god we thank you for an incredible moment God, I pray that you would do exceedingly and abundantly above what they could ask, hope, or imagine in this moment, God. We thank you for sacrifice. We thank you for faith. We thank you that you are moving in this place right now. With every head bowed and every eye closed and no one looking around in this moment, I don't want to leave this moment. We're just giving somebody the opportunity to say yes to Jesus. So if you're in this room, Auditorium 2 today, maybe you haven't said yes to Jesus, we're going to pray a simple prayer really quickly. Just ask everybody to just repeat this after me. Everybody say, Jesus, I'm giving you everything. Giving you my past, giving you my right now, and I'm putting my future in your hands. Save me, change me, make me new. And I declare in this moment that I'm going to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name.